Hi, and welcome to another episode of Sustainability Solved, the sustainable business podcast. I'm Will Richardson. Today, we talk about a product that we all use in our businesses, no matter their size or speciality, paper. The term paperless office was first used in the 1970s, but an increase in personal computing and desktop printers actually led to a steep rise in paper consumption in the 1980s and 1990s. Paper use in office is now dropping, but in the UK we still use 9.9 million tonnes of it every year and although we do use some recycled paper, every tonne of fresh pulp requires the felling of 24 trees. But what if we remove trees from the production process entirely? This is what Red Ink, a sustainable office supplies company, is aiming to do by teaming up with Envopap, who produced the world's first eco-friendly and commercially viable pulp-free paper. Now, Adam Hutley, the founder of Red Ink, is with me today. And those that have been listening since the beginning may remember we had Adam on back in July 2018. It was actually episode two. Let's start by talking a bit about Red Ink. You set it up in 2008. What was your motivator to do this? Yeah, thanks, Will. Good to be back after so many years, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's yeah, crazy. It's, it, I almost can't believe it. I mean, we're talking about 2008. We've been on a long journey together, haven't we? But um, that seems like a different life. And I think when you look at where we are in the world, you could never imagine, I think, back in 2008, looking forward where we'd be. It's great to be back on after many years. And thanks for having us. So for anyone that doesn't know us and didn't listen to episode two, which they probably didn't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what do you mean probably didn't? Uh, Everyone, we've just got new listeners, okay, yeah, that's okay, all, okay, that's yeah. all. <laughs> so if you didn't listen, uh, yeah, Red Ink's an office supplies company. I set the company up in 2008. And I think in a sort of nutshell, if I can do that, the idea was how do we change things? It was all about change for the future. The industry we were in had sort of stood still. I think it was very much based on this pilot high, sell it cheap model, which I harp on about, I know, continually. Which I think, you know, if you look back at the 80s, was probably fine, but it definitely wasn't where I wanted to be. You know, we wanted fulfillment and we wanted to progress. And I think it was that spanner in the works. How can we stop and how can we do things better? And that was our real aim. I think the industry was full of waste in terms of logistics, transport, and there was a really big avoidance around, you know, some of the more general things in office supplies about where the products come from, you know, what the products are made up from, how can we be more efficient in terms of logistics, and how can we innovate? The problem being, of course, you can't innovate when you're in a race to the bottom price model. That was the problem that the industry had. I was absolutely passionate and absolutely sure that there was a better way of doing it. And some of that was to move away from being a transactional kind of company and move into this almost consultancy, how do we add value as a supplier to our clients? Mm. Ultimately, we wanted to rewrite the script. So start from scratch, take everything that was supposed to be a part of this business model, rewrite the rules and create a low impact business that was designed to innovate, create value uh, and make a positive difference. I won't harp on about the minutiae of what we do, but I think some of this in a more kind of holistic way was about having new and honest conversations with clients. That seemed to be really missing in our business. You know, it was very much transactional, smoke and mirrors, whereas we thought, well, let's go and talk to our clients. Let's talk to them about the real issues we're facing, both in terms of cost and logistics and pricing. 
and that attracted a different type of client and that was really really refreshing so we looked at 2008 as a, an opportunity to have no baggage we started the company literally in an office room in in brighton we had no clients which was <laughs> a great time to draw a line under anything because we weren't carrying any baggage and we set out to be on this kind of mission to do things did the, the fact the financial crash was happening exactly the same time did that impact your start <laughs> Yeah, I think I think it probably did. I mean, what a stupid time to set a business up, eh? 2008. Yeah, I think what it did is it, it definitely, because uh, so much focus was about cost then. Mm. And by being more efficient, you can be more efficient in terms of cost as well. So our model was designed to make clients more efficient by, you know, stopping them from ordering next day, buying less products, buying, you know, better products, et cetera, et cetera. And I think it helped in, in delivering a low-cost model. However, for many years, and I, and I know you share my frustrations, we were a bit in the doldrums on the kind mm. of green agenda and sustainability agenda because you know that had just driven everything back down to a price uh, a, a price model because you know companies mm. were struggling, weren't they? I mean, it was like you know it's like COVID, yeah. two thousand and eight COVID. You know, it, it was it was disrupting. You know, so do you have a typical client, and if so, what are they like? And what are their reasons for choosing a, a sustainable office equipment supplier? Well, I think our client base is probably more diverse than it's ever been. We look after many purpose-driven businesses. And like you, we've been in the mix with B Corps since 2016, 2017. So we forged some really good relationships with, with many B Corps. And, and that makes up a fairly good proportion of our business. But we work with some really incredible businesses as well. So the WWF, the World Wildlife Fund for Nature and People, they're one of our clients and i think you know they have a very stringent tender process we've just been re-awarded the contract that we held for three years and we look at that as a badge of honor you know what, what greater company is there to work for than someone like the wwf knowing that you know we've got what it takes to win a tender for them mm. but i think also in the last two years we've seen exponential growth from corporates mm. And that's because these big corporates now are looking for companies in their supply chain that understand net zero are aligned with the SBTI, for example, that actually fit. You know, it's no good having an out-of-date business model in your supply chain if you're going to try very hard to change what you're doing and align your business with mm. net zero. And of course, you know better than anyone will, you know, the challenges in scope freeze. We need to be able to understand those challenges and we need to be able to help clients and be of value to them, not sit there as a company that, that, that doesn't even understand their own yeah. carbon reporting, let alone helping their clients understand yeah, it too. No. So, yeah, a diverse client base. I think today more than ever, we're consultancies. Mm. We are more of a consultant. We, we certainly never wanted to be this sort of traditional transactional stationary company. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. This, yeah. Um, and I can't help but mention <laughs> the elephant in the room, because, largely because, <laughs> you know, your business is probably one of the ones that were more affected by covid and the fact that people weren't going into offices we weren't yeah. traveling so the travel industry and yeah. you know you guys and so how did it hit you like what what happened and the fact that you came through the other side by the sounds of it stronger more robust yeah. gives absolute credit to you and your business yeah thanks i mean yes it's it's hard to believe that it ever happened really covid stopped the office products industry in its tracks and being a, a, a pilot high, sell it cheap business model is disastrous when the business drops off. 
because it's just volume based, you know. Mm. And, we, and we talk about sustainability and we, we kind of wrap that up as the, the green agenda. But actually, sustainability is about having more than just the green agenda, isn't it? Sustainability in business is how you see through to the future, how we survive, how we embrace change, how we embrace the challenges we've got ahead of us. And I think because we were never that transactional type of stationary company, we had intimate relationships with our clients. It enabled us to just change what we were doing for a short term. Being small and being agile is absolutely key, isn't it? We weren't stuck in this big dinosaur, one that has to keep chucking more sales in to keep going. You know, We had a really good, solid business and we were very lucky as well because we won a couple of really big accounts pre-COVID and what they did is they kind of filled that void. So whilst the industry struggled and, and we are still in a COVID hangover in the office supplies world, there's no doubt about that, we saw it through and we came out the other side, as you said, much stronger in a way. But also, actually, we've had exponential growth as well, which I, I think is sort of almost unheard of in our, in our sector at the moment. Mm. Whilst people are sort of grappling around to survive, we've actually found that exponential growth because of our business model that was you know yeah. what we what we planned and have worked hard on for 14 yeah. years you know yeah. when people didn't need it mm. we kept going that just goes to show that you were barking up the right tree as it yeah were. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah so when i reflect sometimes I, I didn't think we were and i i wondered whether ever you know people would yeah. ever get get what we were really trying to achieve mm. um, but fortunately the world has changed hasn't it and you and i both see a better world than we saw mm. it two or three years ago perhaps yeah and excitingly, you are bringing EnvoCopy to the UK. How did you first hear about the product? Yeah, so uh, EnvoPap are an amazing company. We found them back in 2019, actually, so just pre-COVID. We were looking around, as we always do, for better clients. A big part of our remit and responsibility for our clients is to help them buy better products, bring awareness around new products to them, and work tirelessly to make it better for them. And as a part of this kind of quest to, to look for better products all the time, we came across EnvoPap. And as a part of their range, they had a paper, which is called EnvoCopy. So we got very excited instantly about it. You know, their products and their stories aligned with us. Their vision seemed just in parallel with the kind of companies we want to work with. And then with a bit of further digging, we found out they were a B Corp as well. So it was, a, it was like a match made in heaven. Mm. Uh, Kashul Shah, the CEO there, is, a, is an exceptional guy. And he's got a brilliant team. And this is innovation at its greatest, really. So mm. we started talking back in 29. Sadly, those talks dropped off a little bit because obviously everyone packed up their desks and went home. COVID hit and the, the world changed completely in terms of office products. And it became a bit of a survival game, really. But we kept in touch. And then as momentum started building, as the world started to recover in some shape, 2022, we got together again really worked hard over about three or four months to get this deal going to the point now where we've had our first shipments in and are actively selling the paper now. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. And could you explain to us what EnvoCopy is and how it's made? Yeah, so EnvoCopy is basically, in a nutshell, now make sure I get this right because otherwise the guys at uh, EnvoPack won't be very happy, but, it, <laughs> but it's basically it's a paper created using a reclaimed waste product called Bagasse, which is a byproduct of sugarcane farming. A better way of phrasing it would be sugarcane pulp. So right. what EnvoPap have done is they've taken this kind of byproduct that would normally be burnt or put in landfill, and then they're turning that into the pulp, which would be the equivalent to the wood pulp, to make the paper. 
Gotcha. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. That's really simple. Exciting. Yeah. It's, well, it sounds it, doesn't it? I mean, I, yeah, they came up with it. They're the brains. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, and yeah. What are the advantages of of Envercopy over the conventional recycled paper? The main advantage would be that you're not reliant on pulp paper. So, you know, from a, in terms of a sheet of paper, there's not huge differences. A lot of the advantage of this is where it's come from behind the scenes. And I think if you're looking at products and as consumers are changing their opinion on products, a lot of people are now saying, you know, they're looking at how products come and are products generated or produced from deforestation, which is obviously becoming a bit of a, a no-no. So I think one of the best advantages of this is that you're using a, a raw waste product and it's not reliant on tree pulp in any shape or form. Mm. Behind that, Envo Papa ensuring that the, the farmers are paid a proper wage and they're paid for this waste that would typically be in burn. Yeah. So they're probably making more money. They're probably making more yeah. money from it, from it as well. I hope Perfect. so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I hope so, yeah. And then if That's you go great. into the sort of nitty-gritty of it, the actual carbon produced in the whole production of it is a lot less than if you're producing virgin white paper and even recycled because as you know you've got that two sides of every story around paper do you use virgin pulp or do you use recycled mm. and the production and the energy intensity in, in recycled paper is a lot lot higher even though the product has its own yeah. benefits and i think yeah. what envopat does so well is it sits right in between both in terms of usage and, and color and, and suitability but if you can compare a 16% carbon saving against 100% recycled paper, then that's a huge saving in terms of production carbon. And so those advantages aren't necessarily in the sheet of paper on your desk, although there are some. It's more about how this is produced and, and, and the processes behind it. Hmm. Brilliant. Brilliant. And so what does the end product look like? Some recycled paper has bits in it and it's not white. Is this the same? Yeah, I mean... I, I suppose, you know, it's not high bright white paper. So for years, I think we started a campaign back in 2016, 2017, which we called Fight Bright White. <laughs> and, and that campaign was to bring awareness to clients that were insisting on using this high bulk, really bright paper. We wanted to try and change that kind of mindset and that historic. We can only use that paper because that's how we want our business image to be portrayed because there's no need for it. Those days are gone. You know, it's not the 80s or the 90s anymore. You know, everyone wants to see that you're doing the right things as a firm. So we brought around this campaign to highlight the kind of change needed so companies could move away confidently from just using this paper. So going back to what I said just a minute ago, I think Envopap sits nicely in between it. If you get 100% recycled paper, it looks 100% recycled. If it's not been bleached, certainly, it's, it could even be almost like an off-green colour, all the way through to bleach. 100% recycled paper or mixed recycled. It falls somewhere between, in my opinion, the sort of 100% recycled and white paper, high bright white paper on the other hand, it falls somewhere in between. So it's okay. a nice kind of mid, mid-range mid paper, completely suitable for external documents, internal documents. And for companies that want to be progressive and want to embrace change, this is the paper for them. Can you buy it? Like do you have you buy it through you obviously yeah yeah i'm thinking of smes now and yeah. smes don't buy bulk they buy one ream per quarter per six months per year <laughs> uh, we bought one ream about four or five years ago um so is that possible 
Yeah, I mean, we are the we've got exclusive distribution rights for this in the UK, thanks to Envopap and this partnership, which is a great position to find ourselves in. You know, uh, it's, it's a real privilege to be their distributor. And obviously, we do sell in bulk to our big clients. You know, we have some mm. huge corporates and, and they buy in, in bulk in pallet loads. But actually, we sell this paper to a lot of our smaller companies as well, our SMEs, our B Corp uh, customers, and it can be sold by the box to anyone that wants it as well. It's not exclusive to big clients. You know, we understand mm. that everyone has different needs and different requirements. And I think it's going to sound a bit weird, really. And we genuinely mean it. You know, we'd rather not be selling paper. I think that's yeah. that's the ultimate truth. So what mm. we want to do is make sure companies buy the amount of paper they need and it's not wasted. They understand that anything that's paper related is a raw product. So we help them understand that true cost to the environment and where they still need to be buying paper, as many companies do, you work really intimately with companies to help them understand that. We want them to buy the best they can, and we believe this is the best they can buy. Yeah, okay. And we recommend different papers, and I mean, I'm talking about a number of years ago now when I was doing the consultancy work. I remember um, recommending some paper, and it it failed. They bought a load, and it wouldn't go through the printer. Okay. and I didn't. I hadn't clocked that different paper had different, you know, yeah. for different printers. That yeah. was a whole new world. I was just like, no, you need to buy the most recycled, most <laughs> environmental paper you can possibly get. Yeah, and yeah. then none of it works. I was like, oh, that's really bad. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. So, can any printer use Envocopy? Yeah, I think there's always been a lot of contention around using different papers, and a lot of it is firms don't like change. Hmm. They use the printer jam for example as a really good example of saying we don't really want to use this paper but we don't really want to tell you that they are typical kickbacks we get from firms that don't really want to make the move across to different papers another famous one is that it won't work in our machines you know the engineers told us it won't work in the machine and it's you know blah 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 there's a lot of different settings and it depends on on the machine you've got but there are a lot of different settings that you can change on machines to ensure that it will take recycled paper through or a different type of paper Oh, my word. So a lot of companies are moving to 70 gram or 75 from 80 or 90. And that reduction needs a change in settings in in the machine. And I think some of that is just never talked about. But EnvoPAP and and EnvoCopy have been trialed and tested. It's all certified. They've got data sheets on the paper. But we didn't want to go and do what you've just talked about, Will. (laughs) We want to sell it, 80 pallets to a company and then for them to say, can you come and pick it up because it doesn't work. Well, by the sounds of it, it possibly (laughs) would have worked and all they needed to do, they had had people behind the scenes going, oh, I don't want to use this. And so, because I didn't know the printers, I had to just believe what it was that was being told to me and so did the people I was working with. Huh. Absolutely. That kind of annoys me. Yeah, it is. It, you know, to be honest with you, over the last five years, when we've been having these conversations and selling different papers through companies, we've come up against many, many obstacles. And many of them are just the fact people don't want to change. Yeah. <clears throat> it's not the fact they can't. It's the fact that they just simply don't want to. You know, people just don't like change. So the kind of intimacy that we have with our clients allows us to go into these buildings, talk to these people, tell mm. them the story and tell them why it's good to be doing it and get help if they need it. If the machine is generally not taking paper through it, can we help? Can we get an engineer on site? Can we look yeah. at changing the settings and, yeah. and make it work? But it takes collaboration and it takes intimacy. Mm. If you're just a transactional stationary company that says, I'll oh, try that paper, it's great, and it doesn't work, it's just going to come back to you, isn't it? These conversations have got to be good and sort of intimate. And actually, I guess, ultimately, you both need to be on the same page and fighting for the same cause. Yeah. So 
yeah, going back to your point, we didn't want to do that. So we've been trialing it for six months prior to general release. We've had a large UK law firm who has 15 sites across the UK trialing it for us, both in terms of their repro and their office printers. And it's been absolutely fine. We've got 100% strike rate on that. Plus, we've been trialing it through a lots of uh, SMEs, clients, some B Corps have been trialing it for us as well. So we got to the stage after six months where we were absolutely happy with it. We rolled it out to another stage. So another couple of law firms who had high usage started taking it and have been using it successfully ever since. So, yeah, Brilliant. we're all ready to go. We're ready to roll it out everywhere. <laughs> and how does it compare in cost both to produce and for the customer to purchase? Yeah, so that's... I think that goes back to our uh, initial points on this conversation. You know, we are not a low cost business in terms mm. of we will not sell the lowest product available on the web to any company. It's not what we're about. We're about selling products that are competitively priced and market priced that add value. If you want a box of white paper, what we call white box paper, which mm. comes just in a white wrap, you've got no idea where it came from. You've got no idea about the supply chain. You've got potentially no idea about the country of origin. You might be able to buy that online for 14 or 15 quid, but we won't sell it to you. You know, we're not in that market. That's not for us. If it's just about low cost, you simply aren't a client for us. We want clients that understand that this adds value. The whole supply chain has been considered in both the production, the raw resources, through to, to us, uh, us selling it. So we price it in terms of competitive market pricing in line with the sort of premium standard 80 gram papers that are out there on the market so it's affordable but it's not the cheapest paper on the market and nor do we want it to be and no. that's where our industry has to change yeah we have, we have to have these conversations around cost and yeah. not just the price the cost in the whole supply chain yeah so on on the back of that um yeah. whilst Enverpap, um puts waste to good use it still creates waste yeah. at the end of its life yeah. Um, is it environmentally, are you able to recycle it? What can you, is there anything you can do with that waste at the end of the end of copies life? Yeah, so it's like any waste paper, basically. It can be recycled in your paper waste stream in your office. Any plain paper recycling standard waste scheme you have, which nowadays is fairly common and fairly standard, it can be recycled in. It's externally certified by Invertech. So it's 100% biodegradable, it's 100% compostable as most papers are and it's 100% marine degradable as well so they've gone to a lot of work to ensure that this fits the criteria of end of life because I mean, we've had many conversations about this it's all very well yeah. saying and a, a notebook is recycled but is it recyclable and I think you know that end of life bit or cradle to gate or cradle to grave it's absolutely imperative that when we're talking to our clients and saying this is the best product you can get we look at that end piece. We don't want to just pretend that's not our responsibility. We need to mm. ensure that we've considered everything and that these clients can easily recycle this paper in a standard. They, you know, they don't have to go to some special treatment plant that just doesn't exist anymore. Put it in your recycling mm. bin and it's done. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. That's yeah. brilliant. So Envapat is the solution to an office equipment <laughs> problem. You've been aware of it for a while. Are there any other sustainability gaps in your field that need innovation? There are many. <laughs> there, are, there are many. Will I think we've got a big problem. Look, you know, I'm going to be I'm going to be harping on about this forever. But the office product world is always going to be slow to react on the demands of today. For too long, this has been about low cost. It's been too much about turnover. 
you know, let's get more sales at any cost or any price. And these really, I would call them out of date, although I'm not sure that's probably the right way to say it, but out of date procurement thought process is around stationary. So people see stationary as a commodity. They say you can get it from company A at £30,000. And if I go to company B and say I want it cheaper, they're likely to do it for 25 grand. It's a, it's a bottom line cost to a company, isn't it? And they historically companies have beaten stationary companies to the ground to say we want it cheap we want it cheap we want it cheap and we've rolled over mm. and that's where i feel this change needs to really happen you know we can't get out of a covid hangover where people are just surviving there's so many things that need looking at but it's not going to happen quickly in the office products world i think recovery comes first sadly and then this kind of sustainability agenda will be placed somewhere else down the line because you know, there's many companies that COVID didn't affect at all. Mm. So if you take the law industry, for example, they're all making good profits, aren't they? They haven't had to really change. If anything, they may have saved money on working from home practices. And they're driving change into their supply chain. And there's many office supplies companies that just can't keep up with that, sadly. Because there's, mm. there's a massive gap in skills and knowledge that need filling. Mm. And when it's tough going, you know, how many companies can take the time out to start understanding carbon reporting? Yeah. You know, you know how complex it is. I mean, we're lucky. We've been reporting our carbon since 2016 or something like that. But mm. many companies haven't even started yet, have they? You yeah. know, they don't, they don't yeah. know where to start and they haven't started, let alone helping yeah. their clients do their, yeah. their sustainability reporting. So I think, going back to your question, that there's so many things need looking at in the office supplies world, but it's going to be a slow burner. Yeah. Luckily, we've been doing it for an awful long time. And I feel very privileged that we had that foresight to really drill into that one mm. bit that I felt passionate about. So maybe we can follow up on that in another yeah. five years or something like that and see see what's actually happened in the yeah. office supplies world. No, that'd be brilliant. And yeah. I tell you what, what's come to mind is we need to work out what the carbon factor for Enver Copy is so that yeah. your clients who are reporting on it do yeah. actually know how to report on it from a carbon point of view. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because it probably won't have a carbon factor attributed to it as of yet that's a thought we should have so thank you so much for being on today it's been an absolute pleasure to have you back thank you it's been a pleasure to be back really i mean it's, <laughs> yeah i don't know where the time's gone it's been it, i would say it's been fun in between but it's been pretty grim if i'm honest with you <laughs> <laughs> but it was great wasn't it i mean the b corp event before christmas i mean let's just give a shout out to b corps i mean yeah. was it a thousand b corps up yeah. in london at the natural yeah. history museum what an event yeah it was amazing lost Absolutely my voice amazing. but it was worth every minute of it yeah no, it was brilliant. It was yeah. brilliant just to see so many people all in yeah. one room that you knew and yeah. respected. To be yeah, honest with yeah. you, that was yeah. that was it for me. There were so many people out there that I respect and admire, yeah. Yeah. and to have the privilege of being able to just be in the same room and go up and talk to them and hug them and see them in real life was just phenomenal. Yeah, it's uh, it's been greatly missed, hasn't it? Because I think, like us, you know, we I think my first B Corp was just when we were about to certify, so that would have been the end of 20, 2016. I went to London for a B Corp event and it was about 12 of us in the back of a dingy pub, you know, <laughs> and look at the, look at the contrast now. Yeah. It's taken over, hasn't it? I possibly was at that B Corp event. Was it in South Kent? Yeah, I think it probably was. Yeah. 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 But it was, it was very, I mean, there was literally 12 of us, I think. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. How things have changed. And then, of course, we went on to the, mm. the first retreat together, didn't we? Mm. Which was, uh, yeah. which was an eye opener. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. And so, that's it for this episode of Sustainability Solved, the sustainable business podcast. Thank you to my guest, Adam Hutley from Red Inc. I'm Will Richardson at Green Element. For more information on Enverpap, Red Inc, 
and the green elements. Everything we have discussed today, please check the show notes. And if you have any feedback or questions, you can get in touch with us at Green Element on social media. And don't forget to follow this podcast in your favourite app or write us a review. Thank you very much.